Just as a disclaimer, we want you to know that some of the movies that we will be reviewing were shot in a different time and era where people of race and sex were not treated equally. We understand this and hope you do too. The movies or anything that happened on the sets are not the views of this podcast or what this show is intended to be all about. Exactly. And we want to give due diligence in presenting the movie and not the views of the cast or directors or anyone involved. But we also feel it's necessary to let the audience know some of the background information to get a feel for what was happening at the time of shooting the film. Again, we hope you understand that we do not agree with everything that went on and we just want to give out the information. And with that being said, hope you enjoy the show. dimension beyond that which is known to man it is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity it is the middle ground between light and shadow between science and superstition and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge this is the dimension of imagination it is an area which we call the twilight zone Alright guys, welcome back to the Tragedy of Cinema, the Twilight Zone series. We have finally made it all the way to episode 10. I'm, I'm shocked. <laughs> it's been a while, but uh, yeah, this episode 10, I'm joined uh, once again by ADZ. What's up everybody? Um, and as you know, by the last recording we did was our first remote uh, recording. So uh, ADZ went a step further. He's made himself his own little podcasting show. He even actually went on Amazon and bought him a little USB mic to help fill him while Terrence is out. Um, so, but Terrence will be back. I just don't know when. I tell him just take take a break, take as long as you need. Let me know. Uh, so, uh, Eric decided to step in and help out for a while. So, uh, thanks, Eric. So, this is episode ten. And I'm your host, Jimbo. As usual, everybody knows me. Um, <laughs> so, this is episode ten. This is Judgment Night, um, and we'll we'll discuss this. Uh, but we'll go ahead and just kick this off. Eric, go ahead, take it away. All right, uh, the Twilight Zone. Series episode number 10, entitled Judgment Night. The air date was December 4th, 1959, and it was directed by John Brom, and it was written by Rod Serling, and uh, of course, um, uh, Rod Serling is the the writer for most of these uh, episodes, um, but he has a, a, I think the last episode, number nine, uh, he had a co-writer. Uh, but this one looks like it was written exclusively by Rod Sterling. So uh, on with the cast, Jimbo. Right. So the cast, we had uh, Nehemiah Persoff as Carl Lancer, who is the main person of this episode. Um, a little information about him. He's been in more than 200 television series, films, and plays spanning 52 years. I mean, that's impressive. Yeah. Um, also, Ben Wright played Captain Wilbur. 
Patrick McAnee as the first officer. Um, he played a little interesting fact here. He played John Steed in the British television show, uh, TV show, The Avengers. Okay. Um, if you remember that TV show, Eric. Mm. Uh, James Franciscus as Lieutenant Mueller. Hugh Sanders as Potter. And do you know what he was best known for? He's best known in not. To Kill a Mockingbird as Dr. Reynolds. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I've seen so, that movie. Um, other stars in this film or TV show was Leslie Brady as Major Devereaux. Uh, Deirdre, uh, Deirdre Owens as Miss Stanley. Kendrick Huxman, or Huxham as the bartender. Barry Bernard as the an engineer. Richard Peel as the first steward. And Donald Gernero as... Jerneo, Jernarex, whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's French. <laughs> yeah. As the second steward. Uh, so the synopsis of this is a man finds himself on a ship in the Atlantic Ocean, except he doesn't know who he is or how he got there. What he does know is that the ship will be attacked by a German U-boat and soon at like 1.15. So Eric, uh, as we normally do, we will walk through this a little bit, the the, the scene by scene, um, as we do on the, tw- the breakdown of the... Uh, Twilight Zone episodes, so why don't you go ahead and take it away? Uh, well, the very beginning of the episode, uh, we see a uh, dark, shadowy figure of a, a ship sailing on the uh, on the ocean, and we come to we see uh, the opening shot is Carl Lancer. We come to find out, and he's standing on the deck of the ship, and it's a deep, dark fog, and he's sort of staring off into the abyss of the ocean. The uh, the camera pans into a really, really, really tight um, uh, focus in on his eyes. And um, so uh, we come to find out that um, in the opening scenes that this is a... Uh, well, this is actually the narration part where um, Rod Serling is narrating the, the story and he's talking about the, the Queen of uh, Glasgow, which is a ship that's uh, uh, sailing on the Atlantic Ocean and it's lost its convoy and it's actually being hunted by German submarines, and it's is in the year of 1942, obviously in the World War II era. It reminds me a lot of the, I don't know if any of you guys have seen the the movie Greyhound, the new movie with um, um, with Tom Hanks. It, it follows a similar uh, storyline. Um, uh, they were like an American battleship, and they were fighting German U-boats out in the Atlantic Ocean, and it's all a story about that, but... Um, so it kind of takes on a lot of similarities in the storyline, but, um, so you see him and he's on the deck and, uh, there, uh, someone comes out and he's asking him to come in and have a seat in the, the dining area of the boat. And, um, of course they always, it's, it's funny because they always have to shut the lights off whenever they open any doors, uh, just so that they don't give away, um, any of their location and so he goes, Carl Lancer, he comes and he sits down at the table. Um, actually, before he sits down at the table, a little girl, he greets a little girl who dropped her doll on the, on the ground. And so then he comes and sits around the table and meets uh, some of the occupants of the uh, ship as they're sailing. Right. So um, I, think, I think something that we, we need to address is that this ship is alone. It has somehow lost its fleet. Right. Um, it's by itself. It's got a bunch of, um, I guess, uh, survivors, if you will, um, of different fleets or whatever. And, and they're, 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 they've actually – there's such a heavy fog out there that they, they've lost their yeah, exactly. uh, fleet. So they're trying to, to you know, uh, 
take this ship and get it to where it needs to go so they can catch up with all the other people. Um, so now he's sitting around the table, and you know they asked him to sit uh, at this table, and um, I think Mr. Potter's there and everything or whatever. So um, you know they're all sitting around and they're asking him, "Hey, what do you do? What do you do?" And he's like, "Well, you know, um, I'm from Chicago." And they they go around and they ask him, and they said, "And, and Lancer, where are you from?" He's like, "Me," <laughs> you know, and he's 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 got this look on his face like my home. You know, and, and, and he starts thinking about it, and he's like, um, I, I was born in Frankfurt. And they're like, Germany? And he's like, yeah, Germany, uh, Frankfurt, Germany. Um, so right now, he doesn't even really know who he is. Right. He doesn't know where he was. It's all starting to come a, come back to him. And they're asking him, well, why were you in England? He's like, I really don't know. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's, he's got this confused look on his face. Yeah, basically. Um, but he says he does know that he hasn't been there very long. Right. And basically all he knows about himself is that he was born in Frankfurt, Germany, and he knows his name. And he, he sort of has a, a form of amnesia almost um, because right. he, he only knows very little details, uh, very few details about... He doesn't know any... He doesn't know how he got onto this particular ship at all. He has no idea how he got onto the ship, and that becomes very apparent at the beginning. Um, and... Uh- when he has his coffee, what made him drop his coffee? What did they say that made him drop his coffee? Uh, I think the the captain uh, was you know inquiring uh, about Mister Lancer and oh that's right they they start having a discussion and Lancer gives like this detail they're, they're talking about being alone out on the water right and they're, t- oh, yeah, and they're yeah, talking about, the about um uh, well they're called the Wolf Pack that's what they used to call German submarines in World War Two and they were talking about like. You know, the fact that they were out there alone and they lost their convoy. And then all of a sudden, Lancer pipes up with all of these, like, inside information about how U-boats attack and what they would do and the procedures and stuff. And so the captain says to him, he says, you sound like you're uh, a U-boat commander, Lancer. And then that startles him to the point where he drops his coffee all over. And then he gets really upset and, like, the, the major D or the waiter comes over and tries to, you know, get him another cup of coffee and... He's like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, and, and it's, he's really just acting really strangely and uneasy and um, angry. Right. So, so he's like, I, I'm not feeling well. I better go. I think I better go lay down to my cabin or whatever. So, the next scene, you see him standing outside by some stairs, and um, the lady, uh, Miss uh, Miss Stanley, comes out, and they start talking, and he's like, you ever been somewhere where? you know you've been here before but you don't know uh anything about it she's like you mean like deja vu basically like mm-hmm. the same people and everything he's like yeah same people same places everything you know and then you just start hearing voices you know what i mean and she's like well yeah she's like like amnesia and he's like yeah but not really he's like i know who i am and he's like i know where i'm from he's like i was born in frankfurt germany but uh, he says i'm in the and then he starts to realize something that's on the tip of his tongue and she's like, you were going to tell me what? And he's like, well, you know, he just got that worried look on his face. Like, he's slowly starting to remember, but he doesn't really know for sure. So, Eric, if you want to take it away from here. Yeah, he, he's, that's exactly what, that's a very good description. He, he says he's having crazy feelings of, like, deja vu. But he actually tells uh, Miss Stanley that he, it's more like a nightmare. It's more like he, right. he has the feeling like there's going to be disasters impending. And that he's actually being stalked. And um, so he continues this conversation with her for, uh, you know, a few moments. And he explains that it's like a nightmare. 
And then the next scene shifts, and he's actually on the bridge of the vessel, and he's meeting with the captain, and the captain uh, explains to him that um, through some sort of error that his passport number is not on the manifest. You know, on every right. ship they have to have a manifest of lives that are on, on, on board or whatever. And he, he tells Lancer, look, I, it's no big deal. Uh, oh, let, let me back up. Lancer says, well, I forgot my wallet. And the captain says, well, that's no big deal. I just need to, you know, get your passport or whatever at some point. Uh, yeah, he said, he said for like the next couple of days, just bring it up to me and let me see it. Right. So they, they weren't really worried about it. They, they, but but this is where he's like, you know, they're on to him. They, they don't know. this. The captain's like, something's really wrong here. He's like, uh, he needs somebody that needs to, we need to pay attention to this guy because something's just not right with him. Yeah. So, um the next scene, I believe, I think, is when they, uh, they, the captain tells him, they send somebody down to his room. He's like, I want to see that passport. You know, keep an eye on him. And I think this is one of the coolest parts of this episode. So he goes to the, um, they go to his room, and the guy's helping him put away all of his stuff. And uh, he's putting away his luggage and everything. He's like, well, will there be anything else? And he's like, uh, well, um, no, not really. So he says, oh, well, here's a bag. I'll, I didn't see this. I'll put this way. And he opens it up, and he pulls out this hat. And he's like, hey, is this a war souvenir? Yeah. And it's a, it's like a Navy hat, I guess, like a captain's hat or something. He's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, a war souvenir? He's like, yeah, this this hat. It's a German naval officer's cap. He's like, matter of fact, it's a submarine commander's hat. He's like, well, don't touch anything that's not yours. Don't, don't, don't touch my stuff. And he's like, um, no, don't worry about it. He's like, I'll hang it up myself. And he flips it over, and it says, Carl Lancer, Captain Lieutenant, Kriegsmarine. Dun, dun, dun. And you're like, yeah, yeah you're like, oh, no. <laughs> this look on his face is like, oh, no. He's like, I don't understand. So then it commercial break back in the 50s or late, or late 50s. Yeah, we come back. Um, so we come back, and the ship sees the ship uh, full steam ahead. So go ahead and take it away, Eric. Um, so we're back on the on the bridge, and the captain's having a conversation with the the guy down in the engineering room, and he he says the engines are you know near failure, and here they are. This is a really bad situation. They've got failing engines. They've lost their convoy, and they're out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, and so you know they have a conversation. Um, they're basically like sitting ducks for a German U-boat right, at this point. Said, yeah. Well, they said if we slow down, they said. They'll catch us," they said. "But if we go maximum speed for, I think, what was it? They can go maximum speed for two more hours, then it's gonna they're gonna blow up or whatever, and they'll be dead ducks. So, and you know, they nothing they can do. Yeah. So they're so then you see Lancer. Lancer's now at the bar. <laughs> he's just he don't know what's going on. He's like the bartender's like you know he's like it's it's getting pretty late here. He's like yeah, just give me another one. And uh, so he doesn't know what's going on. He's like the engines. He's like they're not sounding right. He's like something's wrong. He's like it's like. They're, they're working way too hard. They're, they're labored. And he's like, eh, they always sound like that. But uh, Lanzer, he's like, no, nah, you know, something something just not right here. Right. So go ahead yeah, and take he, it. Yeah, he just has a, you're exactly right. He has a premonition that um, something bad is going to happen. You know, he's been having this ongoing feeling that something bad is going to happen. And so he's kind of staring at the clock and he asks the bartender what time it is. And it's like, or he says to himself, well, it's uh, five past twelve, and so he he gets this premonition, this bad feeling that something bad is going to happen at one fifteen a.m. And Lancer can he you know he's such a, a skilled uh, navy officer that he can tell that the engines are uh, going bad, and then they sort of ha- have an argument with the bartender like 
And like you said, the bartender's like, no, we'll be fine. And, and Lancer's like, no, no, we're not going to be fine. And we're going to drift. <laughs> right, the engines are going to, they're going to fail. And then we're going to drift out to sea until 115. And then we're going to get attacked. And well, matter of fact, the engines do stop yeah, here. Yeah. Um, the guy comes in. Once again, the lights go out because they come back on when the guy comes in. And he's like, oh, the, he's like, they, the engines are done. They stopped. They, they broke down. He's like, that's no worry. We're on top of it. And he's like, uh, yeah, he's like, we'll get them fixed in no time. He's like, actually, he's like, you'll be here till 1.15. He's like, he's telling them, I know what time you're going to get them fixed. Right. He's like, right now we're defenseless. We're sitting in this water. There's German U-boats around, um, and we don't know where we're at. The fog's out there. And he's like, no, we're going to drift. He's like, until 1.15. He's like, and then at 1.15, something bad's going to happen. So, go ahead, Eric. Um, next scene, so, if something bad away. does actually happen. So, uh, the next scene changes... <laughs> And Lancer is basically searching the ship, and he's screaming at the top of his lungs, the U-boat is here! And, you know, he's frantically trying to get all the, the passengers on board to abandon the ship. I mean, he's going around screaming, you know, in all the, the cabin areas, and, you know, he's walking all around. He's just frantically trying to get these people's attention, but he can't find anyone, and that just makes it all the more worse. And he's in full panic right, and, mode at this point. He is... And, and, sorry, go ahead. Right, and you don't really know right now because he's still sitting at the bar drinking. And I don't know if that's tequila or something, but he's been guzzling that stuff down for, what, now an hour and ten yeah. minutes. And so, as you said, he's stumbling around. It's so foggy outside, you know, and he's running around and this light comes on. And he's like, oh, no, they're here. And the fear on his face, he's like, the U-boats, it's out there. Right. So he's, he's like, oh, no, so... He, this is a pretty cool part. He runs down into the middle, uh, down down to the stairs, and he sees the, uh, turns around, he's yelling, he's like, hey, they're here, they're here, we gotta go, we gotta get out of here. And he turns this corner, down this hall, or whatever, and he uh, turns around, and there is a bunch of people standing there. Right. There is, like, the little girl that he's seen earlier, and then there is um, a couple of the other people that you've seen in the backgrounds. He's like, hey, we got to get out of here. This U-boat's here. I saw it. She's going to kill us. They're going to sink us. And you see all these people huddled together. There's probably, what, eight, ten of them standing around. Right. He's like, do you have anything? He's like, do I have to knock you unconscious and drag you off this boat? And he looks again, and they're all gone. Right, they vanish. So now he's like, uh, <laughs> he's like, uh, so go ahead, take it away. Yeah, and then uh, once the once he sees that the people are have vanished, he goes like back up on top deck, and he's... You know, he's still screaming for people. He's calling them out by name, you know, these people that he's just met. And then he actually grabs a pair of binoculars, and he looks through the binoculars, and he actually, this is a cool part, like he sees himself as the commander of the U-boat. And, you know, you see the other men coming off the, the German submarine, and he is, uh, Lancers, he sees himself through the binoculars actually giving the order to blow up the ship that he's actually on. The Queen of Glasgow, and so he he's in full <laughs> panic mode, and then yeah, in. <laughs> we see flashes of you know uh, bombs hitting the the ship and gunfire hitting the ship, and the passengers on board are some of them try to get off in a lifeboat, and the 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 ropes snap, and you know the what was her name Mrs. Miss Stanley, the lady Ms. that you talked to earlier, he sees her burning up in flames in her, in, I guess it's in her quarters and she can't get out and the captain is on the bridge and he's coughing there's flames all around and and actually lancer ends up jumping into the water and the railing uh, actually after he jumps overboard the railing like falls over and he you know he's in the ocean at this point 
Uh, right. And I, what, what I liked about that is, is um, you see like, you see like a hand, you know, going down under the water and you see like that uh, life preserver of the SS Glasgow float by. Yeah. And then you also see that little doll that that yeah. girl had floating. Yeah. I thought that was very, very yeah, emotional. That was a, that was, scene right there too. Yeah. That was an important detail that they put in. That was right. pretty cool. And then you have, um, but yeah, that that sorry, that Miss Stanley scene that that was that was pretty shocking too to see something like that. Um, you know, it makes me think back to like the Titanic or something. Mm-hmm. You know, with the ships going down and there's nothing they can do; they are trapped. Um, and she was just trapped with fire. You know, in, in a sad situation. Um, yeah. So then we come to <laughs> this one is the, of the weirdest the, the part. Sorry, you have like some stock yeah, right. footage of what looks like. Some I don't know if they just inserted this into the episode, but it just looks like stock footage of sailors on a submarine, just you know, pulling levers and and turning cranks and stuff. I don't I don't think that was filmed by you know at the time. Maybe it was. I don't know. It just looks like some stock footage as we transition to the next scene of you know people on a on a submarine. I thought yeah, and they show the submarine. They show the submarine diving yeah, yeah. underwater too. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. So. Um, the next scene you see Lancer sitting at the uh, sitting at the uh, desk, and uh, his captain comes in. He's like, "Hey, that was a good catch tonight." And he's like, "Yeah." Um, and we're actually gonna I'm actually gonna play this audio at the end of this episode, um, just because we can sit here and talk about it. But to actually hear it from them, it's it pretty much sums up the entire episode of what's going on right here. Exactly. And I think I think it'd be better for them to say it, not us. So I'm gonna put this in there. But basically, he's like. You know, the first officer's like, look, he's like, what we did was wrong. He's like, there was women and children on there. There was innocent people on there. And he's like, yeah, well, they, part of, part of the job, basically. Yeah. Uh, it's just casualty of war. Um, and uh, he goes, but what if, what if their fate is tied to this night forever, basically? Exactly. Um so, go ahead and take it, Eric. I'm I'm fumbling for my uh, words right now. I know what I want to say, right. but I'm trying to put it together. So basically, his, his number two, Mueller, Lancer's number two. Um, he basically is trying to explain to the captain maybe because we didn't give any kind of warning shot. We didn't warn the there were women and children on this vessel, and we just attacked without warning. Uh, maybe the fact that we did that and we were so reckless, maybe our punishment is, in essence, to live the, the death that they died. They only died that death once, but once. we're going to live, relive dying that over and over and over again for eternity as a punishment for not warning those uh, individuals on the boat before we attacked. And so that's kind right. of the summary. I guess maybe that's not a really good summary, but that's kind of the idea behind. Like like you said earlier, when you hear the dialogue, it's it's much better in explaining. But it is a critical. It, it helps you understand the whole uh, episode. Right. So at the end of this episode, once again, it goes back to the same footage at the beginning with uh, Lancer standing on that uh, the the boat again, the the Glasgow again. And uh, you see the light come on again in the window, and you know he's basically living this same night over and over and over and over right. for eternity. Um, so it's like so a, a couple of th- sorry, it's like a Groundhog's Day no, right. almost, a punishment like Groundhog's but, Day. Yeah, over right, over. but a totally totally worse one. Yeah, um, a couple of things I wanted to throw out here real quick is um, one of the things that. Um, 
I guess during the first 18 episodes of The Twilight Zone, Sterling only had one major conflict with CBS regarding episode content. In an interview with Mike Wallace on September 22nd, 1959, Sterling said, we, we changed. In 18 scripts, Mike, we have had had one line change, which again was a little ludicrous, but of insufficient basic concern within the context of the story not to put up a fight. On a bridge of a British ship, a sailor calls down to the galley and asks in my script for a pot of tea because I believe it's constitutionally acceptable in the British Navy to drink tea. One of my sponsors happens to sell instant coffee, Senka, and he took great umbrage, or at least minor umbrage anyway, with the idea of saying tea. Well, we had a couple of swings back and forth, nothing serious, and we decided we'd ask for a tray to be sent up to the bridge. But in 18 scripts, that's the only conflict we've had, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty good to go 18 episodes deep and not really have to rewrite or change much at all. Right. Um, also, in 1959, Ben Wright, um, who was Captain Wilbur, uh, was also in the NGM film The Wreck of the Mary Deer uh, from 1959, whose sets were used to represent the Queen of Glasgow in this episode. Okay. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, and also, uh, the one last thing that I found that I thought was really interesting is Nehemiah Persoff, who played, uh, Carl Lanzer, plays a Nazi officer in this movie. He is actually Jewish. He was born in 1919 in Jerusalem and while later became the Israeli state. So I thought, and, you know, we talked about this a little off the air, how either hard or difficult would it have been to play, being Jewish, just coming fresh out of World War II right. and... Playing a Nazi, yeah, uh, you know, a German U-boat. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that would have been very difficult. You know what I mean? Yeah, only uh, being like you know, a little over a decade removed from World War II and all of the the Holocaust and all of that. Yeah, that that would be uh, that would be interesting to be asked or you know to audition to play the part of the enemy. Right. In essence, yeah. Right. So, Eric, go ahead and give me your thoughts on this episode. Well, I know we kind of disagree a little bit on this one, but uh, this is one of my favorites so far. I know you didn't care for it all that much, but yeah, um, just the whole story and how it's summarized. Uh, Mueller, at the end, that his uh, Lancer's number two, I just thought he played that, you know, the, really just the philosophical and the spiritual questions that he's asking. Um, I just, yeah, it makes you really think and it makes you really uh, pause. And and that's, again, that's to the credit of the, that's why these Twilight Zones are so awesome because that's what they make you do. And uh, so, yeah, I just thought it was really good. Um, To me, I mean, this was an okay episode. Um, Like the last one that we did, we had to watch it five times to actually finally (laughs) get it because of all the recording troubles we had. But, um, out of all the ones we've seen, this is this is probably towards the, the bottom half for me so far. Um, I just think that one with Burgess Meredith in it, uh, time enough at last, it's just so heartbreaking that he had all this time in the world to read these library books. And, you know, now, especially with his wife and everything, I think that one's better. But this one was, I, I think Carl Lanzer did a, an outstanding performance in this. Um, very well done. And I also think the uh, captain, I like the way the captain was in this too. Yeah. And that, that bartender, man, he looked really familiar. I think he's been in several things. I just couldn't find anything at the moment on him. Yeah. So uh, like I said, we're going to cut this episode. And then at the end, after I say cut, we're going to add the dialogue, that the whole climax of this. I think it's three minutes long, uh, just so you can see how it, it played out and, and how they did it. So um, we're going to go ahead and do that. Um, so I think this episode's coming to, to a close, and be sure to stay tuned for this extra footage. And that's a wrap. And cut. cut. Boom, boom.
the ghost of that ship every night. 